Hello everybody and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast for this week. This week we are talking to Mark Black on the topic of overcoming adversity. Mark has an amazing story and he's overcome so much adversity um, in a real physical sense, uh, but he talks so much about the mindset of how to overcome adversity. Uh, it's a really, really great episode. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did and as always, have a magical week. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast for today. Very exciting. We've got a great guest on today, and we'll get to them shortly. But first, we've got to check in with the regular team and see how they're going. So, Al, you've been away for a couple of weeks on the ML Podcast. Tell us about, first of all, how you're going, and then second of all, what's been going on? I've been going really well, Jess. And, yeah, I've been doing a Pilates teacher training course, which I am really enjoying, and as part of that course, they suggested, you know, pestering the owners of the studio to see if you can you know, apply for a job. And I thought, well, I'll start the pestering now. And I got quite a surprise where they said, actually, we've got a new idea that we're thinking about. You might be the perfect person. And that kind of scared me a little, Jess. <laughs> That's so exciting, Al. Straight into it. Um, what's the what's the concept there? Um. They didn't really tell me too much, but it's something to do with the council, I'm guessing like a Pilates in the park or something like that, which has got me thinking I'm going to have to pay more attention to the Matt Pilates class, which I was kind of skipping over because I just wanted to do Pilates on the Reformer. <laughs> <laughs> well, good effort, Al. Uh, hopefully you study up for that one. We're excited to hear how that goes in future weeks. Well, thanks, um, Jess. <laughs> no problem. Graham, how are you going this week? Hey, Jess. I'm good. Thank you. Um, I had uh, the the pleasure of uh, having a week away last week. Um, no email, no phone, no nothing, just an R&R, which was absolutely brilliant. So immensely grateful for that. Um, <clears throat> sadly, now I have this image of Al um, running Pilates in the park and thinking... We're going to have to. Can we start just like a weekly podcast with Al in the park? That'd be great. Is that a, is that a thing? Uh, Anything's possible. I'm good, Jess. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you. That's all right. That's that's going to be part of the ML Podcast Network. Al from the park. Maybe you can be a correspondent from the park, Al. That could be pretty good. We can throw to you live. I would love to check in with Graham and just let him know that it's 20 degrees and sunny today. Nice. <laughs> um, Danette, how are you going this week? Yeah, good, Jess. Um, had, so while Graham was away last week, I was at the farm most of the time, so it was gorgeous. And it's starting to feel like spring here. So um, 18 degrees, I think, here today, Al. So we're actually catching up now. Woohoo! <laughs> that's great that's great and mark how has your week been uh great we're uh this is my the first week of the teachers are back to school this week and then kids go back to school next week so uh we're enjoying our last our last week of of summer vacation before the kids all go back to school and it's about Very... 20 actually it's like 28 degrees here today but it's not been like that for a while so we're enjoying it today 
Nice, nice. Well, great to have you on. Um, for people listening, you would have seen in the title, but we have Mark Black in studio uh, today. So, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself. For people that might be being introduced to you today, other than you being surrounded by warm weather and having an accent, tell us a little bit about who you are um, for people that may be being introduced to you. Sure. I mean, so uh, by profession, I'm a speaker, primarily keynote speaker, author, and uh, and coach. Um and I came to that career completely by accident uh, through a very long path, but the short version is I had a heart and lung transplant when I was 24 and ran my first of four marathons when I was uh, 26 and began to speak about that experience and stumbled my way into uh, a career that's now been 18 years, uh, kind of traveling around North America, speaking at uh wherever wherever they'll write a check essentially but but uh beginning in schools and then and then on doing to to doing corporate and association work which is where i spend most of my time now amazing well it's so exciting to have you on mark we've got so many good questions and it's all around a topic that you know uh, i think really well which is overcoming adversity so we've heard a little bit there but um tell us a bit about overcoming adversity for you what that sort of means for you yeah, I mean, I think it's something that's inescapable uh, to all of us, and just as human beings, right? I mean, there's no one, no one gets the, gets through life without some level of challenge, and so uh, how we deal with that becomes a big factor in the kind of life that we live. And and I'm a firm believer that it isn't so much the level and degree of challenge that you face, but how you cope with it, and and hopefully actually leverage it. Uh, into growth and learning that ultimately determines you know the quality of the life that you have and so that's what I've what I've spent the last kind of 16 17 years doing is trying to help people kind of reframe what adversity means and and see if there are ways that they can again not just survive it but actually leverage it in positive constructive ways well, that's amazing, Mark. We're so happy to talk to you about it. We've got so many good questions. So I think we just dive straight in. Thank you so much uh, for this. So I'm going to start with Danette because I think this is your answer just leads perfectly into this. So Danette, tell us about your question and tell us about why you chose it as well. Um, Mark, so excited to have you on today too. Um, I've got two questions because I love asking lots of questions. So my first one is, how do you define adversity? So just for the the listeners, you know, what what does it mean for you? So, I mean, to me, I guess adversity to me means anything that we encounter that is challenging, right? So that could that could be physical, it could be emotional, it could be mental, um, it could be environmental. Uh, you know, anything that we encounter that is not uh, perhaps the way we envisioned things going, or that is not comfortable for us, um, and Again, I think it's it's an opportunity if we choose to frame it that way uh, to develop skills around around resilience and 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 building strength that ultimately can make us better if we again if we choose to see it through that lens as opposed to the lens of this is something that's preventing me from becoming what I want to be. Nice. So that actually nicely dovetails into my next part of the question, which was. What are some ways of overcoming adversity that help make you stronger? Uh, so I think it begins with mindset, uh, first and foremost, right? So um, one of the, I, you know, my 
when I'm asked sort of what my specialty is, I say it's about its resilience and the common definition I think most of us are are familiar with or have read about or, or whatever is uh, that resilience is about bouncing back, right? So we encounter this challenging situation, it knocks us down and we bounce back, we, we recover. And that's fine, but I don't really like that definition because I think it's misleading for a couple of reasons. Number one, we can't go back, right? So this idea that you're gonna to return to something that is no longer there, you know, the, the you never walk through the same, you never cross the same river twice, because so goes the saying, right? So life continues. And so the idea that we're gonna to return to what was, I use COVID as a universal example that we've all dealt with in some capacity, we're not returning to 2019 and the world as it was then, it has permanently changed in various ways for, for better or worse. And so to aspire to bounce back to that, is counterproductive because it's not going to happen. So instead, can we grow through? Can we say, okay, I, I have to go through this situation. Going to do that one way or the other. Can I do it in a way that I leverage it for learning and growth so that in some way I'm better at the end of it than I was when I started? And that's, to me, that's the objective. Love that. And I, I wrote down there, um, grow through as I go through. Absolutely. So it's beautiful, beautiful wording. And um, yeah, I love that. So thank you, Mark. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I love that little uh, tidbit. That's really nice. Um, I might go to, um, I might go to Alan now. Al, what was your question? And tell us about why you chose it. Um, yes, actually, this question came up with uh, my wife and I in the car yesterday. We were wondering, is, um, the ability to overcome adversity something we are born with or is it something that we learn along the way i'm a firm believer that it is something that we can learn now that said obviously you know we're all born with us with uh, a set of resources some with greater resources than others because of you know circumstances of birth right where we're born to whom we're born um, and all of those things and so there's no question that some of us get a head start uh, and some don't. That said, they are skills that can be acquired and learned, right? So um, in my book, I talk about a series of seven mindsets and skills that we can all learn to become more resilient. And and I've, I think we all can think of examples of folks who have every justification because of circumstance of birth to not be resilient and yet are anyway. And we can also probably all think of somebody who has most of the advantages somebody would want to have and perhaps not or is not as resilient as, as we think they ought to be. So um, it's it's not fair to deny that, you know, resources matter, um, but I don't think they need to be uh, the defining factor in terms of how resilient we can be. Yeah, so something we can all, I guess we can't do anything about the past, but like you say, going forward, we can focus on, you know, using these opportunities for growth as opposed to an excuse to why yeah, I want to go back. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thank you both. And uh, great question there, Al. Great answer there, Mark. Um, I'm going to throw to Graham now. Graham, what was your question? And tell us a bit about why you chose it. Thanks, Jess. Um I'd like to just going back to your um, 
answers to Danette's questions, Mark, I, I love the, the the whole idea of grow through. Um, because language is so important, you know, and and we have some really weird habits, um, particularly in, in Western society, um, some interesting sort of sayings. Um, one that comes to mind a lot around this idea of dealing with adversity and, and building resilience is the old one of um, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And, and that's never really rung true for me because personal experience and, and again, some of the people that we coach, you, know, you can go through, you can experience something that you would deem um, to be an adversity, um, but we people don't necessarily become stronger just because they survived it, so they become sort of stuck. No, it's the, they're just a, a victim of that adversity for forever. So I, I love that sort of visual of, of grow through. Um, really like that. Uh, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger only as long as we can find a way of perhaps bouncing forward rather than bouncing back. Yeah. Um, I, this is just trying to remember why I have the question that I asked. Just kidding. Just kidding. I... Um, so my question is, how important is it to ask for help when um, dealing with adversity? And I guess the, the sort of context behind that is that sometimes when, when we get smacked in the forehead with a, a Mack truck, um, is a Mack truck a thing yeah. in Canada? Yep, Absolutely. awesome. Um, I, I used that phrase, Mack truck, on the Isle of Man once and 62 people in the room just sat there staring at me saying, what are you talking about? So we had to talk about lorries. Okay. Um, so sometimes we, we, we experience an adversity that is, or can be, you know, can feel quite catastrophic at the time. And it can be a tendency for us to sort of hunker down um, and just think, well, I just need to fix this. So I'm curious in you know, your personal experience, um, how important is it for us to remember that we should or that we can or that we must ask for help? Absolutely critical, right? I mean, I, uh, I'm i alive today because someone helped me in the most powerful, selfless way perhaps possible, which is giving um, giving me their organs uh, while their loved ones gave them on, on their behalf, but um, which is a very humbling thing uh, and, a, and a very powerful reminder that there are going to be times, I think, in all of our lives, our businesses, our work, where we can't do it all ourselves. And, and that runs counter, uh, at least in this part of the world, to the kind of typical business uh, mottos and ethics that you hear all the time of the, in this illusion of like the self-made man or woman who just rises to success because they buckled down and had a great vision and determined that they were going to succeed. And you hear these stories of the, you know, Jeff Bezos and Steve Jobs and whoever else. Um, and the reality is that no one gets there alone, right? Yeah, uh, yep. And, and, and if you can learn to work well with others and, um, and develop strong relationships that are mutually beneficial, you'll get there and get there faster and hopefully help some other people along the way. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's critically important. And I, I also would say my experience anyway has been with working with clients is we men are, are pretty crummy at this. Um, you know, I think if I'm going to generalize, uh, I think women are by and large much better at at a saying I need help and at b being there for each other. And I think as as men we we maybe tend to feel like that's a sign of weakness or um, or something and and resist asking for help uh, when we need it. Yeah, love that. Thank you, thank you. 
Yeah, thanks so much for that one. Um, I let's uh let's jump into John's question because I think this was kind of an interesting uh way to look at things. And John says, you talk about dealing with adversity. If you're able to deal with one type of adversity, is that skill set transferable to other types of adversity? And what does that tell us about ourselves? Uh, I think it absolutely is. It's certainly in my in my experience, it has been. So, I mean, my my primary resilience training was my health journey. Uh, I was born with my health, with my, my, uh, I was born with a, a health uh, issue, a, a cardiac issue that required open heart surgery when I was a day old. And I lived with congenital heart disease my entire life. And, and what I learned through that, or many of the things I learned through that then served me in school in grade school, and then served me in athletic competitions when I was a kid. And then later serves me in business and things like, you know, determination and perseverance and um, being okay with failing um, and, uh, and a multitude of other things. So yes, I think they're, I think they're transferable. That said, again, we sometimes need help, right? So to say, well, I've been through some challenging things, so therefore I'm an expert at this, doesn't mean that we're not someday going to get hit over the head with something that we are not, uh, we don't feel equipped to deal with. Um, and you know, one of the things that I challenge people on all the push back on people all the time is I'll often have an audience member come up afterwards after I've, I've spoken at an event and I share my story at the event usually, and they'll say some version of, wow, what a story you have. I could never do what you did. And I always say, well, no, but that's not your story. <laughs> I don't know that I could do what you've done. I don't know what your story is, but we all have one. And, and I had these challenges, but I didn't have these, right? So I didn't, you know, I, uh, both of my, my parents were wonderful human beings. I didn't think they were when I was a teenager, but nobody does. Um, but I later realized that they were pretty amazing human beings um, who are still married today. They're going to be together for, I think they're going to have their 50th anniversary in a couple of years now. Um, you know, I was born in Canada, which not unlike being born in Australia is like winning the birth lottery. If you think about where you're going to be born in the world, there's not very many places you would pick maybe above that so there are lots of, like i had lots of benefits that other people didn't have and so that that temptation that i think we all have to compare is just so counterproductive and unfair because it eliminates discounts context uh, of various kinds and so um yeah i think i think going through challenging things will help you with the next challenging thing and also sometimes you're not ready and you have to kind of figure it out as you go yeah, totally. And um, I, I think that's a really good insight. Um, and I think it even comes into maybe my question. So I might just jump straight into that. And I think this kind of flows on nicely from your answer, which is that sometimes I've noticed that one adverse situation can, can cause a spiraling of more adverse situations for some people. Um, what should you do if you start to notice you're falling into a spiral of things kind of going wrong? And I've noticed this just sometimes with friends where one thing might happen, like say they lose their job and it can knock on to a bunch of other things like, oh, now I'm, you know, maybe not eating as well as I wanted to. And then, you know, it can start sort of being a bit of a domino effect. Um, well, yeah, what should people do if they start noticing they're in this sort of spiral? Yeah, that's a great question and, and, a, and a common occurrence and I've caught myself there too. So thank you for that. Um, uh, you know, so I think one we've already talked about, which is, hey, I need help here. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Um, I think another one is uh, to fall back on our habits and our routines that we know work. So, you know, like, like you alluded to, one of the things that tends to happen is we get this kind of 
big thing comes and shakes our world up. And then all of a sudden we allow that to disrupt other things that it doesn't need to disrupt, right? So, okay, I've lost the job. Does that mean I can't, assuming I was already doing this, does that mean I can no longer eat well? Does that mean I can no longer go for a walk or go to the gym or do whatever I need to do to move my body and clear my head? No, not necessarily, right? And in fact, I probably need those things more now than I ever did before. So taking the time to say, okay, what was I doing before this happened that was working? Let's try and keep doing those things while I figure out the solution to this, to this, to this challenge. And also, again, the mindset of, is this an opportunity for something even better? What if I didn't, I didn't wish this, I don't want this, but it's here. So now that it's here, is, is this an opportunity for something even better? Is this failure actually the opportunity for me to create something, you know, I've lost this job, but actually it's going to give me a better job. What if that were true? Um, I think that's a, the, you know, a, while being realistic, I think that's a, a very helpful mindset to try and foster. Mm. Yeah, that's such a good insight. I love that. And I think that insight about keeping up the good habits is so important. It's so true. Now that I, when you're saying that I was reflecting on when I'm keeping up good habits, even if other things aren't happening, it still feels like I'm kind of going forward, um, you know? Um, all right, well, let's jump into uh, Kanika's question, which is how important is getting your life balanced outside of work when it comes to overcoming adversity? I guess this might be in the workplace. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we need we need um, fun, we need rest and relaxation, we need family, we need friends, mm -hmm. like all of us need all of those things. I think the only maybe caveat I would give there is, again, I think language matters. And I get why it was phrased that way. We again, we all use that term of balance. I think the challenge with that word is that it implies for many of us or, or creates an image for many of us that that means everything's got to be equal and that just it that just never works right like it just um it, 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 i've never met a person who is spending equal amounts of time and energy on exercise and family and health and and uh, work and like we have seasons of life where we're going to need to spend a lot more time and energy on one area versus another for a variety of reasons right when if you're a younger person then you're spending a lot of time at school you're not doing a lot of work yet because that's not the season you're in and we're in a season with um teens and tween children and so we're spending a lot of time like taxi driving all over the place and um and you know but then when then we'll get to a stage hopefully if we live that long to to enjoy some retirement where work will be a much smaller part of our world and so yeah we need to have all of those things that matter to us and we need to also respect the fact that depending on the season of life we're in some of those things are going to take up more time than others and that's okay mm, yeah i think that's a great way to look at it i love that seasons of life inside as well that's uh really nice um, we've got one more question here, but I also had a quick question, um, about overcoming adversity, just kind of based on your story. Sometimes I struggle with, um, uh, just beginning a whole new thing. And so I was just going to just quickly, if you uh, are happy to talk about it, the first time that you went for a run after the transplants, you know, obviously to begin this journey, how did, how did you sort of even bring yourself to do that? So, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go for a run. I, uh, so I did a post transplant. I would, uh, I did a three month mandatory 
physical rehab program in the hospital. And so what that looked like is three days a week for three months, I would go to the physiotherapy room and lift some weights, walk on the treadmill, do some stretching. And when I say lift weights, like the first day I was lifting pink one pound dumbbells and I was walking while holding onto the railing for like three minutes. So it began there. On the last day of rehab, I said to the physiotherapist, I'm gonna run now. And she said, you don't want to do that. Um, it's going to, I still had staples in my chest. The incision was healing. And she said, you can, like, it's not dangerous, but it's going to be incredibly uncomfortable. Your rib cage has gone through this trauma. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. And I'm 25 and stubborn. So I said, you watch me. And I did. And she was right. Um, it was very uncomfortable. So, but I, I jogged for, I say ran, I jogged for a minute or two. And that just showed me that it was possible. And so then post, uh, when the rehab program was done, I just continued that. And I was really literally began like jog for a minute, walk for a minute, jog for a minute, walk for a minute, uh, and slowly built from there to like a 5k and then a 10k. And it took two and a half years to run the marathon. But, um, yeah, it was literally baby steps in the most literal sense. That's amazing. And I like that there was even a bit of uh, just sort of stubbornness there that ended up being, you know, not good at the, not good at the time, but as an overall mental thing, it was pretty good. The fine <laughs> line between perseverance and hardheadedness, right? And I don't know where that line is, but yeah. Absolutely. Love that. Thanks for that, Mark. Um, all right. I'm going to jump into uh, Allegra's question, which was, do you have any sort of mental tricks or quotes that you use to ground yourself when you come across challenges? I guess that also may be overwhelming or anything like that. Yeah. I, the My favorite one that jumps to mind um, is, is really simple. It's, it's, if I can do that, then I can do this. And here's what I mean. Every person listening to this right now has a lived experience. Everybody on this call, everybody listening to this has been through something, maybe a lot of things. We've all overcome things in our life or we wouldn't still be alive. So, but what tends to happen, especially if we're probably, if there were somebody listening to this podcast, um, we're the type of driven, achieving kind of person. And we tend to only look forward. And we tend to discount what we've already accomplished. Like we might celebrate it for a minute, but then quickly it's in the rearview mirror. It's like, what's next? What's next? And what happens is we forget how far we've come. So, you know, one of the things I talked about, uh, I, th I, th I used often when I was running the marathon is, uh, you know, it, it always feels like you've got so far to go. Even when you're five kilometers from the finish line, it feels like you have so far to go because by then you're so tired, 5k feels really long. And what I would have to do is stop and go, well, wait a minute, look at how far you've come already. And so to say, if you can do that, you can do this is a reminder of like, I'm, you're the same person who's done every hard thing you've done in your entire life. And chances are very good that whatever you're facing today is not the hardest thing you've ever done. So if that's the case, then you have whatever you need to have to deal with this next thing. And just that little reminder gives me the confidence to say, I may not have the answer, but I know I have the capacity to figure this out because I've done all of this other stuff, which is the, my other favorite quote is Marie Forleo, who's a, a pretty uh, well-known life coach in this part of the world. Her, she, has, she says, everything is figure outable, uh, which I just love, right? It's like that whole mindset of like, I believe there's a solution. I might not know what it is, 
but there is one and I can figure that out. And when you start facing adversity from that point of view, it's so much more empowering, right? And then you just, then you have to figure it out and it might take several tries and you're probably going to screw it up a bunch of times, but at least you don't get into that pit of saying, well, there's no solution to this problem. Yeah. Love it. And it's, uh, I, I love that insight as well because it also, it, to me, that makes everything almost into a puzzle and puzzles are usually fun, you know, like what is the solution? What's the way that I have to think to get around this? Well, that's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I might throw to, uh, well, that's all the questions we had, but I might throw to people for some final thoughts here. So I might start with, uh, Graham, Graham, any final thoughts on overcoming adversity or today's conversation? Um, thanks, Jess. I so many notes. Um, the everything is figure it out, figure outable. Um, again, a, a great way of like a really good mindset to have in terms of embracing um, adversity. And then the thought that, that just sort of jumped into my head because it's Tuesday morning and there's so much wrong with what's between my ears. I instantly went to. But how do you figure out the 4,999-piece jigsaw puzzle? And I think you know where I'm going with that. Anyway, mm. um, the, the thing I, that really stood out for me, Mark, was um, – and I I sort of it – was, it was a little bit like a subtext. The idea that um, going back to you know asking for help, putting a hand up and saying uh, – and even just being able to figure something out, sometimes I may need some help you know, getting – other perspective on something that I'm dealing with might help me figure out how to deal with it. The The idea is that um, instead of sort of looking within and, and or, or just becoming sort of self-focused and thinking about, woe is me, how do I deal with this? This is a disaster. This is a catastrophe. The, the opportunity in asking for somebody else to help us is actually us being of service to other people. Mm, which that. I thought was amazing. That's such a beautiful thing. So we, you literally flip it around. So I might be dealing with whatever the catastrophe is, but in sort of in engaging with somebody else and saying, you know, I need help, um, we're actually helping others, which I thought was brilliant. So thank you. Love the chat. Love that. No, I, and, and we all know when we have the opportunity to serve in that way, how good that feels, right? So that's such a great, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks, Graham, for your question and uh, great insights there. Loved that. Um, Al, I'll throw to you now. Al, any final thoughts on overcoming adversity or today's conversation? Uh, thanks, Jess. Yeah, two big standouts for me, Mark, is one is how can I leverage this opportunity versus having it something that sets me back or wanting to go back to the way things were. You know, this is the opportunity to get out of that rut and start something new, which I've got some great examples in my life in the past where that's worked really well, which kind of led me to the other one is I kind of, I get stuck looking forward all the time thinking, oh, how far do I have to go versus looking back and appreciating how far I have come. So thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. I mean, just quickly, the COVID was such an interesting opportunity for me to, um, to battle test some of these things. And, and that one in particular was really tested because 2020 is, as you might imagine that. So I'm a, I, like I, 85% of my revenue comes from keynote speaking at conferences, 
right? So guess what happens in March of 2020? It's like, not only is my calendar gone in the span of about four days, but the foreseeable future is this, this is not going to happen, right? And, but what was interesting is, so 2020, worst year ever in business, 2021 was my best year ever, and I never left this room. And I did, so I did a lot of this virtual presentations, which was not, I mean, I guess I knew that it existed, but I had never done one and certainly had no aspiration to do any in, you know, so if you'd asked me in February of 2020, I want to do some virtual presentations and how did you do that? I would have no clue and have no interest. And yet, right, the, you know, uh, you're forced into figuring it out and and like probably many of us it was a laptop camera halfway up my nose to start right like there were lots of it was lots of failures along the way to figure out how to do it half decently um but then in but then the opportunities that came because i was willing to be bad at it and figure it out eventually led to speaking in malaysia from eastern canada without leaving my my and my wife was overjoyed because I could still do what I did and and tuck our kids into bed at night. So it was it was pretty cool. How great is that? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Mark. Thank you. I also love that insight, Mark, which is uh are you willing to be bad at something? I think that's a great way to look at it as well. Uh, because <laughs> sometimes that is the challenge. Um <laughs> awesome. Um, I might throw to Danette now. Danette, any final thoughts on today's conversation and overcoming adversity? Yeah, thanks, Jez. And thank you so much, Mark. And I'd love to have a whole other podcast with you talking about your book and your seven um, things, because that sounds totally fascinating. The the thing I love, the the grow through as I go through, go through, um, just for people to think, you know, it may not, and that, you know, being bad at something, that's how you grow, isn't it? You, you don't necessarily start off being brilliant at things. Um, yeah, so I'd love love it if at some stage we could get you back, but that was such a great chat and um, I've taken away heaps of notes. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, it'd be, it'd be my pleasure to come back anytime, but but you're right. That's um, I, it, This is not mine, but somebody once said, like your first anything is always bad, right? Your The first meal you cook, the first... Uh, attempt at a sport the first whatever it's it's always bad and the problem is uh, that too many people are too impatient to wait until they can get good right and if you're just willing to keep plugging away um you can almost not help but get better now if with intentional practice you'll get better faster um but just repetition will make you better to some degree um so yeah no absolutely yeah yeah, amazing, amazing, and also um, one takeaway I definitely feel like I took a, took away, which I haven't haven't really thought about, even though it's quite obvious. But when you said it, it really resonated with, with me, which is that change has happened. Uh, when you're talking about sort of COVID, and we can't go back to that old way. It's about kind of developing for the new, um, and you know, just going on sort of a forward journey as well. So uh, I appreciated that. Um, before we wrap up, though, Mark, I wanted to grab any final thoughts you had on today's conversation and overcoming adversity. Well, I think what you just said really leads me into into that, Jez, which is, you know, there's a saying uh, people refer often to the good old days, uh, and and I always wonder what they're talking about, because uh, I think I think again, but human nature being what it is, is we have selective memories about the past, so we rem- we tend to remember the good things, which is great, uh, but 
you know, by and large, by most metrics, the future kind of like things just kind of get better and better and better and better for the most part. Now, obviously, there's some exceptions to that. Um, but regardless, we can't go back. So instead of and I meet lots of people, you probably do if you're coaching folks as well, um, folks who are stuck in some point in their past, whether it's, you know, oh, when I was a high school athlete or when I was at this, you know, when I was running the company or when, whatever it is, and it's gone. We can remember it fondly and we can, you know, enjoy those memories, but it's gone and it's not coming back. So what are we going to do today to make tomorrow a little bit better? That's what it's all about. Cause that's, that's all I have with this bracelet I wear on my wrist every day. It says live today. And it just, it reminds me constantly that the only thing I can control completely is right here right now. And if I do that pretty well, then probably tomorrow's going to be better uh, as a result. Amazing. Uh, well, Mark, thank you so much for being on. Now, before we let you go, is if people have listened to this and they've gone, wow, that was amazing. I really want to get in contact with Mark or I want to you know, read your book. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your book and also the best place for people to reach out to you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the book is called, oh, let me grab it. The book is called The Resilience Roadmap, Seven Guideposts for Charting Your Course in a Chaotic World. Uh, and it's available on Amazon, wherever books are sold. It's also on my website, markblack.ca for Canada. Um, actually, I don't probably have to focus in Australia. You have an AU, we have a CA, you just, it's not .com, right? Um, so markblack.ca and I, I am, uh, I am Mark Black on all the social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. I am Mark Black. That's where you can find me. Fantastic. Well, we've had a great conversation. We'll definitely have to have you on another time. But to everybody that's been listening and sharing, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. To everybody on the call today, what a great conversation. I've absolutely loved it. And to everybody listening at home, have a magical week.